Today's episode is sponsored by Alone in the Dark. The highly anticipated new reimagination by Pieces Interactive and THQ Nordic. Play as Edward Carnby or Emily Hartwood to explore your environments, fight monsters, solve puzzles, and uncover the true secret of Dorsetto Manor. Our favorite heroes are brought to life by Hollywood stars Jodie Comer of Killing Eve and David Harbour of Stranger Things, who lend not only their voices, but their appearance and their formidable acting skills to the brave protagonists. Experience a deep psychological story that goes beyond the realms of the imaginable, all dreamed up by Mikhail Hedberg, cult horror writer of Soma and Amnesia. The team at Pieces Interactive is supported by monster designer and legendary Guillermo del Toro collaborator Guy Davis, as well as doom jazz legend Jason Conan, who provides his eerie and haunting melodies for the right atmosphere. Alone in the Dark is available March 20th on PS5, Xbox Series XS, and PC. Pre-order your copy now and escape into the dark. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. This episode of Creepy is made possible thanks to our patrons. Like new patrons Alan Horgan, Lisa, V. Ponder 182123, Sergio Galindo, Scarlet Fever, and Elisa M. Theus. This podcast happens because of our patrons. If you'd like to see how you can support the podcast and get rewards, like weekly bonus episodes starting at the $3 level, four bonus episodes per week starting at the $5 level, all the way up to logo hoodies and more, please visit our reward tiers at patreon.com creepypod. And just a quick word before today's episode. Recently, I've seen a bit of an uptick in people sending submissions and requesting their story be produced on the podcast. I'd like to make it clear we aren't currently open to submissions and usually only do open for submissions for our 31 Days of Horror event in October, which we announce around June. If you'd like your story considered for the show, the best I can recommend is to post it on sites like creepypasta.wikia.com and the No Sleep Reddit, those being where we find the vast majority of our stories. I say this mostly because I don't want people to feel like I'm ignoring them. I just don't have the time to read through unsolicited stories at this time. And particularly... If you are going to submit stories to anyone, I do suggest that saying things like, read my story on your show, or you should produce my story, aren't the best ways to open up emails. Just saying. I do appreciate the effort. It's just more than we can handle at the moment. We have plenty on deck. But rest assured, if that changes, we will let you all know. Now... This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. 
these stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy presents Teeth.jpg I've never been too fond of anyone in my local school. They were all a little too rude and boring for me. You see, I grew up in a small area with not many people interested in art like I am. So I had to venture off from home and found myself attending a pretty rural art college. It's sort of like a normal university, except it's full of big-headed people. Now, the only reason why I'm here is because I've always wanted to be an illustrator. A children's book designer of sorts. And I was taking keen interest in children's media and classic books, such as the Arthur series. So when I was sent to live at this college, I was taken back when I realized a lot of those students here were all fine artists. You know the kind. The ones who like to splatter paint on the canvas and claim it's art. I'm not really big on that sort of thing, but I didn't question it. I settled into the new place pretty quickly. I was sharing a dorm with a few other students. There was myself, a graphics designer named Josh, a film animator called Lily, and there's one more guy called Daniel. Daniel was one of those fine artists I just described to you. His room was decorated with photographs of distorted women. He always had weird music playing, too. It was sort of like trippy 60s music. He also liked to smoke, so his room always smelled like an old ashtray. It was pretty gross, but he was a nice enough guy and we all got along well enough. We soon became a tightly packed group of friends. It was the start of a new term for us all, and we all came back from home after spending the summer there. We all unpacked our things and started talking about what we had done over the summer. I went hiking with my stepdad. We went on one of those summer camps, replied Josh. I spent most of my time with my girlfriend. We watched films and went to watch some plays, too. Lily said. She spent a lot of time whining about missing her sporty girlfriend. But we were glad they got some time together. I hadn't really done much worth mentioning. I did the usual stuff. I went to parties and went on trips with my family. Nothing really that special. I was just about to pipe up and speak when I got interrupted. I spent my time at the dentist. We heard Daniel say. My father is a doctor of sorts, so he let me come with him sometimes and explore the hospital. My favorite place to visit was the dentistry. I got to touch and feel teeth. It was cool. We all stared at him a bit confused. Were you even allowed to have random strangers go into hospital rooms? Let alone play with the equipment? We didn't really care. We knew Daniel was that sort of guy anyway. He was known for getting into trouble for... The sake of his art. That was always his excuse. We all spent our first couple of days getting to grips with our assignments. We all found out what we had to do. Naturally, I had to study some illustrators and just mimic their styles. Josh spent some money on a new Mac to do some more design tests. Lily had to start playing about with claymation. It was a pretty nice vibe when we'd all be in our dorms talking, giving ideas. Well. At least it was nice until Daniel would start insulting us. He'd never been the same since he came back from the summer break. He seemed more cold and distant, 
We assumed something must have happened to him over the break, so we decided not to press him on it. He never told us anything about his projects. In fact, he never even told us what the subject was. It was pretty normal for Daniel to be reserved, but not for this much. At nights, he'd just make himself some dinner and then shut himself in his room, crank up the music and not be seen until the next morning. The rest of us would go out places like going bowling or down to a local gig. Daniel used to happily take along, but not anymore. One night myself and Josh had gone out for a long night. Lily didn't come with us. She said she wanted to see if Daniel was okay since he hadn't been talking to us for a few days now. We could see her point and complied. She spent the evening knocking on his door and trying to get him to speak with her. Just before we left, we saw his door open while he stepped inside before it was locked again. Brushing it off, we headed out. We'd gone to see a movie and then go out for a few innocent drinks. It was fun, but we didn't get home till around 2 a.m. When we got back, Josh just said goodnight and went straight to bed. I hadn't gone to bed yet. I was pretty damn hungry. Drinking always made me hungry, so I raided our fridge and found some cold pizza from the night before. I was going to go back into my room when I realized something I didn't notice before. Daniel wasn't in his room, and Lily wasn't in hers. Due to Daniel's strange new behavior of locking himself in his room until early hours, and Lily never went anywhere without texting us, this was pretty weird. I went over to his door and gave it a knock, and sure enough, the door just opened right up. Wasn't locked or anything. I just assumed he and her had gone out with some of his poncy art friends. But it wasn't like Daniel to leave his door open like this. I've always been a nosy son of a bitch. So, I stepped inside to see if there were any signs that he'd gone somewhere. His keys were gone. His jacket was gone too, but he'd left his wallet on his desk. The other thing that was odd was that he'd left his laptop on his bed. And it was still on. The screen was still lit up. Curiosity got the best of me. Perhaps this could be my chance to find out about his art project he'd been hiding. I mean, Daniel was a fine artist. So it could have been anything. I noticed that he had a USB plugged in and two files on the screen. One was called Dentist Photos, and the other file was a singular image named Teeth.jpg. I clicked on the Dentist Photos file and there were just pictures of people's teeth and plastic molds of teeth. There was nothing interesting. I clicked back off the file and decided to check out Teeth.jpg. The image would be forever burned into my brain. It startled me so bad that I slammed the laptop shut, shaking as I sat back. I wasn't sure if I wanted to lift the screen again, but I knew I had to or Daniel would know someone touched his laptop. I lifted the screen again, staring at the image for a brief moment before clicking away from it nervously. I then made a decision. I needed to show this to Josh and Lily in the morning. This was seriously messed up. 
I mean, I knew that Daniel was an artistic kind of guy, but this was just insane. I quickly bolted it back to my own room and scoured for my USB drive. I eventually found it and darted back to Daniel's laptop where I copied the image onto my USB. I stared at the image for a little while longer. I was trying to dismiss the image as a mere photo manipulation, but there was just something so wrong about it. Perhaps it was the black, soulless eyes or the fact that whoever or whatever this creature was was pulling up its mouth in such a weird and disturbing way. It almost looked forced. Like whoever this creature was was forced to pose in this way. I shook it off as a mere thought and fixed up the laptop so it didn't look tampered with before I went back to my own room. Soon enough I heard our front door open, then the sound of footsteps, then Daniel's door locking. Daniel was back home, but there was no signs of Lily. The next morning I waited until Daniel had gone out for one of his lectures and since it was Friday, Josh and I had the morning off. I decided now there would be a good time to show Josh the image. I asked if he wanted to see what Daniel had been hiding from us and he confusedly but also eagerly said yes. I brought my laptop into the living room and loaded up my USB and opened the image for both of us to see. Josh's expression fell into shock before he sputtered. What the fuck is that thing? I could tell just by his reaction that both of us were thinking the same thing. This couldn't have been an art project image. There was no way that this would pass as a fine art piece, would it? I mean, sure art can be creepy at times, but I can't imagine his teachers would appreciate such a creepy and disgusting image. I know that Daniel can be a creepy son of a bitch, but this isn't right. We've got to show Lily that we both cut off one another. We paused briefly before looking at one another with confusion. Where was Lily? I realized that she hadn't come back with Daniel last night neither of us had seen her that morning. When I explained to Josh what I did last night, he began to worry. Lily was never the kind to just sneak off and not tell anyone. I picked up my phone and began to ring her mobile. For a while, there was silence. Then, just from Lily's room, we heard a faint buzzing sound. Josh got up and walked into Lily's room rather quickly. He'd never been one to go into girls' rooms. And came back out holding Lily's phone in his hand with a worried look on his face. Lily was gone. And we had no way to get a hold of her. Maybe she's just gone to a lecture and forgot her phone. I stuttered. Josh shook his head, chewing on his lip out of nerves. No, Lily doesn't have lectures on Friday, remember? She'd normally at least say hello to us and take her phone. We know she lives on that thing. She never stops texting her girlfriend. He was right. Lily's life revolved around her phone. So we knew there'd be no way she'd leave it. Suddenly her phone lit up. Someone was calling her. We both looked at the phone then back at one another before Josh passed the phone to me. I brought it up to my ear before speaking. Hello? On the other end of the line, I realized it was her girlfriend that was calling. I recognized her husky voice. Ah, Lily, 
you are. Thank God you're okay. You didn't text me at all last night or this morning. I thought something was wrong. I cringed a little bit, realizing that I had to break it to her that it wasn't Lily. As I spoke, I heard her girlfriend begin to get upset. She began breathing quite heavily, and I could hear the sniffling sound someone makes when they cry. I felt so bad for her, but perhaps she could be my chance to find out anything I could about Lily. Where's Lily? She hasn't spoken to me since last night. I thought she was just playing a joke on me, but now I don't know. I looked at Josh with a confused stare as he began to pace around a little bit. I put the phone on loudspeaker and asked her, Why do you think Lily was playing a joke on you? Did she say anything odd? Yes. She sent me one message at around 1.30am. I looked at Josh baffled before I asked again. What did the message say? Help me. I looked at Josh with wide and worried eyes. Lily would never pull a prank like that on anyone, let alone her own girlfriend. She always told us how worried she'd be about her girlfriend getting paranoid, so we knew she wouldn't send a message like that unless she had a reason. I continued to speak with her girlfriend, but I was getting nowhere, so I reassured her that we know where Lily was, and she'd be calling her back tonight. Her girlfriend seemed suspicious, but just agreed and put the phone down. Myself and Josh paced back and forth. We had no idea what this could mean. Why would Lily send a message like that? We continued to think for a while and decided until we knew where Lily was, we were going to skip our lectures. We spent a long time thinking over things, began to write down the connections we could make. Afterwards, Josh read out the list to me so I could think them over. First, Lily goes into Daniel's room at around 10 p.m. She's locked in his room. Then we return home at 2 a.m. During that time, at around 1.30, we find out that Lily texted her girlfriend with a message saying, Help me. You discover that neither Lily or Daniel are home yet. Daniel's door is unlocked and his laptop is still left on. You find the image and then leave. You then return to your room and heard Daniel come home, but not Lily. Lily is still not back home yet. But Daniel is. What the hell could this all mean? I thought over it for a while, then came to a conclusion. I didn't want to make this connection. That's the only connection I could salvage. Daniel did something to Lily. We have to confront Daniel tonight if Lily doesn't come home between now and tonight, okay? Josh looked shocked, but he agreed. Daniel would be our only chance to find out what happened to Lily. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Later that night, there was still no signs of Lily. We knew that her girlfriend would be calling soon, so we decided to turn the phone off. We didn't want to try and reassure her with false information. We waited until around 6 p.m. before Daniel finally came home. He looked rather startled to see both of us standing there in the living room, 
and he lightly placed his art folder and satchel down against the sofa as we both stood up. Josh spoke to him, and I could tell he was trying to keep his composure. Daniel, we'd like to have a talk. It's about Lily. Daniel's eyes seemed to widen ever so slightly, but nothing I thought was worth thinking over. He tilted his head at us, looking confused as he asked us. Why? Is something wrong? I shook my head. I didn't want him to think we were accusing him of anything. We'd never get any answers out of him if we straight up accused him like that. Daniel seemed to look a little on edge, looking away from us as he itched his wrist under his baggy gray jumper. He pushed his rather dark black bangs out of his face as he spoke. Then what's wrong? Is she okay? I mean, I know she left her phone here last night, so I suppose there wouldn't be any way to get a hold of her. We didn't say anything. We weren't too sure what to say to him. How are we supposed to ask him if he did anything to Lily without him taking offense? I then realized something. It had taken me a moment to realize it before I spoke. You just said she left her phone here last night, right? How the hell did you know that? I could see Josh's eyes light up. He just realized the same thing I did. How on earth did Daniel know she'd left her phone behind unless they went somewhere? We already acknowledged the fact that Lily never leaves her phone anywhere. So how on earth did he know she'd left it behind? Daniel didn't answer us. He was silent for a while before he pushed past us and walked into his room, slamming the door shut. We walked over to his door, banging on it harshly before he shouted. Leave me alone. I have coursework to do. I'm sure Lily will show up tonight. Just stop being so paranoid. We just didn't know what to do. Daniel clearly knew way more than he let on. But there was no way we were going to get that out of him. We walked back into the living room and slumped back down. I ran a hand through my hair. What the hell was going on? Then I realized that Daniel had left his bags on the sofa. He must have been too flustered to pick them up when he stormed into his room. I peered around at Daniel's door, hearing no sound of him leaving his room yet. I knew soon enough he'd be coming out to get his bags. In a moment of madness, I picked up the satchel and emptied its contents onto the coffee table. I could see Josh's eyes widen before he whispered to me frantically. What the hell are you doing? What if he sees you? I didn't care. I needed to know anything I could about Lily. She was a roommate but also a best friend. I couldn't just leave this to self itself. I pushed through the documents and came across what looked like a ticket. I crumpled it up and pushed it into my pocket, then found a zip-up document bag. I pushed it into Josh's hands and told him to go hide it. He complied and went and hid it in his room. I then quickly put all the other stuff back into Daniel's bag and rested it upright like it looked before. Then I got up and walked into Josh's room. I watched Daniel go back out to the living room to pick up his bags before he walked back into his room again. Josh grabbed the zip-up file from under his pillow and we both sat down on his bed. We didn't say anything. We just read the front cover of the file. Teeth. It sent chills up my spine. I knew that whatever was inside would have a connection to the image I found on the computer. 
but what we saw was nothing that we expected. It was a series of photographs. The first photo was a picture of what looked like an abandoned room of sorts. The walls were covered in old floral wallpaper and the floor was just damp wood. It looked like it hadn't been used in years. Then, the next photos were just pictures of tools and plastic tools. We then noticed that tools were linked to dentistry, you know, like needles and drills. It was pretty creepy. But it was the next photos that made us both drain of color. It was just photos of Lily smiling. We flipped through every single photo of Lily, and in each one she had her big toothy smile. Such a sweet smile. One of her most distinct features was her large front tooth. Just her left one. We always found it cute, but now it was no laughing matter. We noticed on the back of the photographs there were labels, and each tooth on each photo was marked. There were notes on the photos that said things like, remove or replace. It knocked Josh sick, and I was more terrified now than ever. We knew that we couldn't confront Daniel about these photos, it would get us nowhere. We just sat in silence for a long time, staring at the photos in disbelief. Then I remembered the ticket I had found and stuffed in my pocket. I reached into my pocket with a shaky hand and pulled it out, bringing to my vision. It read, Group Ticket, 2. Location, Station Road. Time Date, 28-9-2011, 11.34pm. We both looked at each other with firm gazes. That was just yesterday evening. We knew exactly what we had to do now. We had to find where Lily was. We never saw Daniel for the rest of the evening and Josh had become incredibly paranoid. He asked if he could sleep in my room tonight. Although I thought it was a bit awkward, I didn't mind. I mean, he was scared real bad. So I didn't want to leave him alone like that. When Josh was sleeping, I printed off the disturbing image for referencing. Then I'd spent most of the night planning for the next day. I'd already emailed our lecturers letting know that we weren't going to show up because we felt sick. And I checked how far away Station Road was. To my surprise, it was only an hour's drive away. So I figured we could take Josh's car up to Station Road and figure out the location where Daniel and Lily had been from there. The whole time I kept staring at the teeth.jpg image. A horrible thought crept into my mind. I didn't want to think about it, but it could have been a possibility. Was the person in the picture Lily? Every time I thought about it, I'd shake it off, telling myself I was just paranoid. But it would all add up. The timing, the photographs, it would all make sense. I didn't want to believe it. And I certainly wasn't going to until we found Lily. The next morning, myself and Josh got up around 6 a.m., We wanted to be out of the dorm before Daniel woke up. We made sure to lock our own doors. We also decided to take Lily's phone with us. We didn't want to leave anything behind that would indicate that we were suspicious. We left the dorm and got into Josh's car. I brought along a small bag full of different things such as the photographs, a flashlight, a camera, and a notepad with a pen. We loaded ourselves into the car and made our way towards Station Road. 
we were able to pinpoint it with my mobile GPS. When we got there, we found that we were in a rather abandoned looking area of town. The place was practically deserted. All we could see were tall crumbling buildings and little empty houses. We took out the photo of the room and began to walk up to each little house. We pressed our faces to the glass to see if we could make out the floral wallpaper like the room in the photograph. We spent a good few hours doing this and nothing. We were getting pretty angry at this point. We just wanted to get Lily back. Josh got so angry that he walked up to one of the house walls, kicking it harshly as he shouted from the top of his lungs, Daniel, you sick bastard! Just as he kicked the wall one last time, we noticed the wall began to tear. Like paper. Josh looked down at his foot and realized he tore what looked like a piece of painted paper away from the stone wall. We then began to rip away the remaining pieces of paper only to reveal what looked like an outdoor basement. The doors were rustic and scratched, but we noticed that the metallic handle was clean, as if it had been tampered with. Josh looked over his shoulder to me and I gave him a nod. I quickly took a photo of the layout of the basement-like thing. Josh then walked down to the doors and gave them a push. And to both of our surprise, the doors were simply blocked by a plank of wood, which Josh was able to push away with ease. We then pushed open the doors slowly and cautiously. Who knows what could be kept in here. It was obviously hidden for some reason. If only we knew what was coming. Perhaps it would have saved us both from throwing up. As we stepped inside, we were met with a rancid odor. Neither of us knew what the smell was, but we knew it made us both feel sick instantly. Josh gagged and coughed, covering his face with his shirt. I swallowed back vomit as I continued to walk. I pulled out my flashlight and shined it inside the pitch black stone room. I continued to walk, and we heard nothing. As we walked further into the room, the smell only thickened. It was getting so bad that Josh threw up behind me. He quickly composed himself and stumbled back upright before we continued. As we looked around the room, my eyes met with something on the floor that made my heart race and the flashlight drop from my grasp. It was Lily's knitted sweater. It was a sweater she always wore when we went out for pizza or to go bowling. It was the same gray sweater with the same little torn threads on her sleeve where she would chew on it. I could see Josh from the corner of my eye, his eyes just as wide as mine as all the last of the color drained from his face. I picked up the sweater slowly, holding it up in front of me when I noticed there was a large and thick blood stain soaking all the way through the jumper. It started thick from the collar and became thinner as it went down the sweater. I was now the one to throw up. I collapsed onto my knees, puking heavily. I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know what to think. I soon maintained myself and stood up again, holding the flashlight as I put the sweater in my bag. Through blurred, teary eyes, I pressed on. I found nothing from where I was standing, and heard a small light switch flicker on from behind me as red light filled a corner of the room. And then I heard him. Josh screamed louder than anything I'd ever heard before. 
My stomach was in knots as I shined my light to where he was standing. He was standing over a large black table. I watched him just stand there in complete terror as if he was frozen. I could only imagine what he was looking at and I truly wished I left it to my imagination. I walked over to his side. There I laid my eyes on the sight before me. It was Lily. She was strapped down onto the table wearing nothing but her jeans. Her body was covered in thick layers of tape keeping her strapped down. One of her arms dangled down to one of her sides, but the other arm was nowhere to be seen. In replacement was just a taped up stub with stains of blood under it. I could hardly breathe. My stomach was now so knotted, my breathing so tight. All I could do was stare. I looked up at Lily's face. Her head had been forced back, and we could see their innocent blue eyes had been violently couched out. In a replacement, there was thick black wax that filled up her empty eye sockets. Her nose had been contorted and broken, snapped in many places. But the worst part of it all was her mouth. Her jaw had been forced open, and we could see her mouth had also been filled with the same black wax. Her teeth had been ripped out and misplaced in all different directions. I then noticed how her mouth had been stretched upright, her cheek tearing to reveal more teeth that had been pulled from her mouth. It gave her a contorted, horrible smile. Her face was covered in streams of her own dried up blood. I stared at the hand that was holding the mouth open. It was her own. Her own hand had been stitched to the ripped cheek. The flesh was torn and falling apart under their nails. Her nails were cracked and chipped with staples and little threads holding the hand in place. The red fluorescent light created horrific shadows and highlighted every grotesque feature that was not on Lily's face. I silently and numbly pulled out the picture of teeth.jpg and stared at it. Then back to the real thing. They were identical. Josh brought a shaky hand over Lily's cheek before he collapsed by the side of the table. I could hear him sobbing horrendously by her side before he passed out beside me. I too felt like I was on the brink of collapsing, but something caught my attention. I could feel the presence of someone else coming in the room, but I already knew who it was. And I knew now that there was nothing we could do about it. I heard the doors slam shut and the plank of wood being placed over the door. I heard the sound of footsteps. I heard them inch closer and closer until I could feel their presence behind me. I knew he was there. And I knew there was no way out. I heard their voice speak very faintly behind me. I'm sorry you had to find out this way, but it's okay. It's all for the sake of art. But that wasn't what made me collapse. I knew well enough from here that my fate was sealed, but after he finished speaking, I heard one more tiny sound that made my heart both ache and my tears only stream further down my numb cheeks before my vision faded away from me my hand slipped away from the table. 
I could hear Lily choking. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or email us at CreepyPod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Item number SCP-5186 SCP-7160 SCP-7533 Object Class Euclid Keter Safe Special Containment Procedures Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust <laughs> The only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing <laughs> Do you remember your name? Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.